members of Ramsey Solutions broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose and host of The Ken Coleman Show, talking about your jobs, your careers, is my co-host today. Open phones, 888-825-5225. Amanda's with us in Fort Worth. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Good. Um, I need, I'm needing your help to um, solve an argument between my husband and I about paying off our mortgage. Okay. So um, he's retired. He's 66, and I'm still working. I'm 63. Um, we don't have any debt except for our mortgage. Uh, we owe 100000 on it. Um, we're wanting to take money out of our 401, or he's wanting to take money out of 401 to pay the balance of the, of the mortgage. But I've always, I always agree with that paying off the mortgage. But now it's since we've lost so much money in our four hundred one, then I know if we take it out, then then it's considered really losing it. So I just wanted your opinion. Hmm. Okay. Um, so you're not arguing as to whether to do this. You're arguing whether to do this now or wait on the market to come back up. Exactly. Okay. So that, that's the only question, is the timing, not the actual action. Right. Oh, yeah. We definitely want to do it. Okay. And how much is in the 401k? Uh, it, it was 400000 Now it's three hundred, And we owe 100000 on the house. Um, and it's a $300,000 house. But we probably have about 40000 we can put towards in cash. We can put towards it, too. So it would be 60000 coming out Sounds of Sounds like you're invested 401. very poorly. The market is not down 25%. Well, we're with a... Market's down 15 to, 12 to 15%. Now, I, I don't know if we've lost 100000 in the last two years, not one year, but... So I probably need to check on it again. We are with an Investor Pro, but we probably need to check on it again. With a smart Investor Pro. Okay. Uh-huh, All yes, right. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. What do you make? Uh, 70000 Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on the bubble for me. Okay. Here's why. Mm-hmm. All right. If you told me you had $4 million in there, I'd tell you stop your whining and just write a check today, okay? Um, if you had a hundred thousand, or if you had two hundred thousand in there, and you're going to pull a hundred out, and it's only going to leave you a hundred, I'll tell you don't do it. Let's wait and and whittle away at it and pay it down out of your income, okay? But you're kind of in the middle, and uh, yeah. with four hundred or three hundred in there, you're kind of you're going to have a, a good amount still left in the nest egg. Do you have other investments other than this four hundred one? Uh, that four hundred one is um, a, a couple of four hundred ones, mine and my husband's. But you and can't touch your. How old are you? I'm sixty three. So oh, you're sixty three. Okay. Uh, he's sixty seven. Okay, so both of you can get at it. Okay, so uh, that's a total of all your retirement then. Yes. Okay. Uh, I you know I, either one's okay. 
I, I really can't help you with solving the argument. Um, what I, <laughs> what Sharon and I would do in this case is um, we we would probably kind of meet in the middle, and that would be okay. I'm gonna I'm willing to wait on it to come back up some, but not just this indefinite weird thing. So I'm gonna like put a number on it. When the account returns to X, we're taking the money out and paying off the mortgage. Okay. And I don't okay. care what that is. I mean, if you make it four hundred twenty-three thousand, right? Whatever. When the when the account hits four twenty-three, that day we're taking a hundred out and paying off the house. And just okay. be in agreement on the number instead of this vague thing of oh the stock market emotions, right, and all that stuff, right? We don't want to get in that game. Um, yeah. So that that would be the and game plan. We can plan. start even our like eleven hundred dollars that we make payments. We can start putting that back in the market too. You know, so that's kind of what we're thinking. Yeah, you, you, and so you could do it today. It's not going to cause you to bankrupt. It's not going to cause you to not eat at retirement. You could do it today. Okay. But if you want to ride, uh, to your point, the market is down. Do we want to try to ride it back up a little? I'm not much on time in the market. I don't like that uh, in mm-hmm. general. But I kind of get it to a point. So if it's me, I'm going to say, all right, when it gets to a certain point, and I don't care what that is, 375, y'all talk it through, but I'm somewhere 375, four and a quarter or something like that, then that day I'm cashing it out and we're both in agreement and the argument's over. Okay. Is, is that I, makes sense. I'm curious, man, is the 40 cash you said you could throw it, is that above and beyond your emergency fund? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, go ahead and throw that out. I it. would do that for sure. Yeah, now it's less money you're pulling out of the 401k when yeah. that time comes. Yeah, good point. And you know what might happen? Okay. You might just beat the crap out of the thing out of your income and your budget with only 60 left and just knock it out and not even hit the 401. That's true, too. Okay. It, that could happen before it comes back up to your magic number you come up with, right? Yeah. But, it, but the trick yeah, here, the true. beautiful thing about the, the, the this is – it doesn't really matter either way you go on this. Um, what matters mostly is that you get in agreement and you get yeah, unified, and then that puts both of your shoulder to the plow again, and it starts the starts the plow moving again. Right now, we're just circling and running around and you know uh, arguing about it. And so, um, so let's just decide what it is. Put a number on it. Throw the forty at it. Start beating it on it out on it out of the budget. And when it returns to that number, if you hadn't knocked it out, finish it off that day. Yeah, yeah. That's and given that that we just put forty on there and there's only sixty left, I'm. I think that motivates me to knock the sixty out. I'm gonna be real tempted to do it now, but I'm also gonna. If not, I'm gonna lower the number. Mm-hmm. That's the magic number. Yes. I might take yes. it back all the way back down to three fifty or something. I'm gonna I wanna get to or three sixty. Let's say there's three hundred left over after we take the money out, right? Mm-hmm. Or you gotta pay taxes, so three seventy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh some you know, let, let's just decide something like that. Um and uh, and and then get there. Or when the balance is equal to the amount over three hundred. I'm making all this up. I just like to have some kind of little <laughs> set objective thing that Sharon and I no longer have an argument now. It's a, the decision's yeah. already made. It's a matter of when it gets there, it's executed. Boom. Yeah. You know, here, Amanda, you, Dave gave you great advice. I will tell you my personal opinion is, is I hate paying taxes so much that I, I would pay the 40 today and then I'd knock the 60 out. I just don't want to take, I don't want to take the tax hit on the 401k, even though that's a viable option. It just drives me nuts, Dave, to take a hit. Yeah. So I'd, I'd want to just cash flow and pay the 60 off. It wouldn't hurt anything. No. Wouldn't hurt anything. 
and then and it's coming back. Your four hundred one k is going to get back. There. Yeah. So and the good news is not six hundred. And the good news is they got options. And the good yeah. news is Dave, they both want to pay the house off. So that's and a nice thing to be unified. Done on. really, really, really good work. Excellent, excellent job. This is the Ramsey Show. Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney is on uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast this week and YouTube show. It's uh, aired starting yesterday. Uh, uh, long form interview, uh, hour and some change. And uh, the two of them together is way more brain cells than I care to think about uh, in one place. But uh, it's it's incredible. I uh, I listened to it, watched it all the way through, and it is absolutely amazing. Go check it out. Um, again, Jordan Peterson and Dr. John Deloney together talking about childhood trauma, marriage, making friends, uh, all the types of things that uh, John talks about on the Dr. John Deloney show pretty regularly. Black Friday sales are here. Don't get squashed by people running to the bargain bin. Head to the Ramsey head to RamseySolutions.com. Get early access to some of our lowest prices of the year. The team has even marked prices down as low as $7. All audiobook gift cards are $7 this week only. Whoa. That includes even the new book, Baby Steps Millionaires. All our books are read by the authors, by the way. And uh, so you can pick them up. The audio books are pretty stinking incredible. Good way to make a car ride or an airplane ride go faster, too. Audio uh, book gift cards along with tons more items, $7. This is a season to share the hope we have with people we care about. Uh, this is uh, gifts that matter, right? So these deals are a great way to do it. Do the hard thing. Share your experience and gift them something meaningful. This book by Ken Coleman helped me get a job. This book by Dr. John Deloney helped me with my anxiety. This book by Rachel Cruz or Dave Ramsey helped me with my money and so on, right? There we go. So check it all out at RamseySolutions.com. Black Friday deals are starting now. RamseySolutions.com. Do not miss this. Justin's with us. Justin's in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Justin. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Dave? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Um, so my question is, me and my wife have been doing our finances, and I've come to notice that she has a credit card spending issue, and I thought maybe we should get a smaller amount credit card to help so that she can't spend so much. Is this going to solve anything, or is this just a bad idea all around? Um, I, I don't think she has a credit card spending issue. I think you have a household vision issue. I can agree. The two of you don't have a big enough vision for your future that you're willing to uh, pay the price to do. And instead, we're acting like little children and buying whatever we want whenever we want it, which is what most Americans do. And that's why most people are broke. 
And so you need a bigger vision. I want to change my family tree. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to drive a car that's not a piece of crap that I pay cash yeah. for. I want to be able to whatever. Uh, I want to be able to be outrageously generous to people, especially this time of year. I'm activated on to do all that. And we're too dadgum broke because our money processes and our money habits suck. And so we need a bigger vision that we're both willing to give up our bad habits to get to the bigger vision. And then the credit cards just go away. Because they don't, they don't, they're not included in a big vision of people who want to win with money. You just get debit cards. Mm-hmm. You don't need a credit card. Gotcha. Saving. Put it away. Yeah, just the whole thing goes away. I mean, you need to chop them all up and have an emergency fund and have a budget and be working your way out of debt. And you sound like you're fairly new to our stuff. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'll send you a Christmas present. You and your wife look at it. It's called the Total Money Makeover. And it walks you through a detailed, proven plan, step-by-step on what you can do to get control of your money, get you some money habits that work. But you're treating the symptom. You're not treating the problem. Yeah, and he knew that. I think he just needed to hear someone else say it. You know, I'm going to limit your undiscipline (laughs) as opposed to let's remove the lack of discipline. Yeah. That's what we want to attack. But no one does discipline for discipline's sake. No, got to have a big picture. Yeah. I don't want to lose weight, reason right? For you know, or there's whatever it is. For this, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, open phones at triple eight eight two five five two two five. Daniel's with us. Daniel is in Atlanta, Georgia. How are you, Daniel? I'm good. How are you guys doing, Dave? Better than we deserve. What's up? Yeah, my, I kind of wanted some general wisdom from you, since you're a business owner. Um, we run a small business, and it's a family business. And I wanted to know how you would apply your basic budgeting principles at home to a business kind of sort of um, to operate cash on cash only basis kind of and stuff like that is what I'm looking for. So, Okay. What kind of business have you got? It's a construction trade business. Um, we've been in business for about 17 years, but it's kind of what you say. We work harder than smart. We work hard. But uh, we outwork our stupidity, basically. <laughs> I kind of think. What, what kind um, of construction are you doing? Glass work, residential. So you're subcontractors. Yeah, we're subcontractors for builders and homeowners and okay. remodelers. So okay. Um, we work. Just, we work I with mean, construction people all over the United States in entree leadership. All right, and I grew yeah. up in the construction business, real estate business. So. Um, you and me are from the same people. Okay. You're my people. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, here's what normally happens. I don't know if it happened at your place, but normally we got a guy who is really good at a trade in your case, glass. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they decide, Oh, I'm going to open a glass business. I'm going to own the thing. Mm-hmm. And now you're still really good at glass, but you don't have yeah. business skills. Yep which is what you're asking me for. Yeah. My dad, he was very much a technician, which, yep. so speaking of all that stuff, you know, he was very technician like, which yep. you recommended a book to, you recommended a book, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber, which is, I listened to it while I'm driving around and I, yep. I finished it and it, it runs true with a lot of things that are going on right now. Yep. You're, not, um, you're working I, in the business. I'm, you're not working on. Yeah. I, yeah. So one main thing I need to do. Is so the, the way you do a budget is room. number one, there's a subset in your world. But the way you do a budget is overall, uh, you plan out what your income is going to be this coming month. 
And that's fairly mm-hmm. easy to do because you've got most of the jobs on the books and in the pipeline. So we yeah, kind of yeah. know what we're going to get jobs we're going to get paid yeah. on this month. And we look at our expenses for the month. And the difference is called profit. Mm-hmm. And you would project. You do that? Go ahead. Would you do that based off of what actually came in? Or would you do that off of what is expected to come in? Because the budget, the budget is a projection. 30. Yeah. Then the actual management against budget is mm-hmm. if we're above budget, we've got more profit. If we're below budget, we got less profit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, but we in no case go borrowing money because we didn't do any projections and we're living, we're yeah. pulling this out of our ear all the time. <laughs> yeah. Making it up every Friday. Yeah. It's very stressful. It's very stressful. No, no, it, it's good. So that's the main thing is creating some, creating time to maybe do a forecast. I think that's yep. probably the first thing. But yeah. and it, it, more, it really, it's going to take yeah. several hours the first time you do it, and then it's going to take an hour the mm-hmm. second time you do it, and then it's going to take 30 minutes the third time you do it. There's not a lot to this. And now the subset in your world is you probably ought to look at it for an app or some builder software that mm-hmm. helps you job cost and you run a profit and loss statement on each job yeah so you estimate yeah. the job because you guys do an estimate and turn in a bid probably right well not really i mean we do we use quickbooks right now we have our own excel program that gives us our no, i mean you have to give the contractor a price right <laughs> yeah we do but half the time right now they just go with whatever we give them these days um to be honest but we do have a general we have a margin that we work off of so that's you know, we do have to do a bid. So, yes. Okay. So you do a bid so, and you've got a margin mm-hmm. and then you go back and look, did you actually hit that margin or not? Or do you just go yeah. on and act like nothing happened when you screwed it up? We, <laughs> no, we, yeah. you got to revisit this on, try to get a check and then keep yeah. on pushing. Yeah. So, but you could have yeah. lost money and you it wouldn't ever, we would never know to adjust your mm-hmm. next estimate. If you don't go back and visit the last estimate versus actual. Yeah. So you got a job cost, and every job is a, is its own P and L, in other words. And did we make money on that? And it takes ten seconds to look at it if you put the if you put the information in. So um, it sounds like you probably need to outsource some bookkeeping, and you need to put some job costing software on your phones, and and then start living by these numbers, because uh, this is going to catch you when this market slows down. Um, Buffett says when the tide goes out, you can tell it was skinny dipping. And the glass business is gold business right now, but it might not be in three months. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products. Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why they're comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. Ken Coleman Ramsey, personality, best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, is my co-host today. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. So, Ken, I was listening to our friend Mike Rose podcast the other day, and he had an author on uh, Nick Eberstadt or Eberstadt. I don't know if I'm—I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, I should have listened to 
Mike pronounce it because with his wonderful pipes, yeah. it was a great job <laughs> right. of pronouncing it, right? Yeah. But, but uh, you know, Mike has been sounding the same alarm that you and I have been sounding, particularly you, that um, we have a uh, – what you were saying at the break is a social crisis evolving, and it's showing up in the unemployment numbers uh, when we properly measure them. Now, uh, this economist uh, is a mathematician that did this book, uh, How Things Work, uh, was the uh, – I guess that's Mike's podcast uh, – I don't see the name of his book off the top of my head. Somebody handed it to me the other day at an event. I, was I believe at. it's Minute Work, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, something along but those the, lines. But uh, uh, the essence of their discussion that you and I have been having a similar discussion is this um, uh, shift in the workplace right now that uh, we've got a, a large number of jobs available and no one applying for them. There's a shortage of labor for the first time in post-war War II America. Uh, we've never seen this in modern America. And the reason there's a shortage is not because the jobs are so plentiful. It's because there are, according to this article from Fox News, quoting Micro and quoting this economist, there are now 7 million able-bodied males between 25 and 40 years old that are able to work and are not even looking for work. Yeah, that's correct, and it's it's staggering. And so the, the point here is is that uh, what's going on? This is causing massive economic problems. Before we look at the social, very quick glance here, when you have a gap in the jobs like we've had now for the last two years, then you've got real small businesses being hurt by this. Think about the restaurants in your small town. They can't find people to work, and it's affecting their livelihood. Then the other economic factor is, of course, we saw and we still see a war for talent. And so wages have gone up tremendously in the last two years, which has now led to a stubborn inflationary period that we are in. Now, that's the economic piece. The social piece, what's crazy about this is, is that you've got um, – 6.8 million people that, that last last month, according to uh, the latest jobs report and the Census Bureau, 100 million Americans weren't working last month. Now, half of 100 were, million, 100 million, right. 100 million, but half were, were working. No, I've got. Hold on. No, we don't have 100 million unemployed. There's only 300 million in the whole state. Didn't say country. they were unemployed. I'm saying just not working. Period. I'm just breaking the numbers down. Oh for yeah, you. like toddlers. Half are retired. Okay. Okay. Right. Another twelve percent are dealing with some type of long term illness, so they're or disability. Okay. And then five point six million people saying, I don't want to go back to work because they're scared of COVID. And then the number is right at seven million that are saying, I don't want to work. And those are the men. So the social factor that's going on here is you've got two factors. One, you've had decades and decades of entitlements. Starts with welfare. And then if you look at during COVID where people were getting payments every week, every month, all right, so that's that's an entitlement where they're disincentivized to actually go back to work. And then, Dave, I think the fact that for decades we've, we've literally um, taken the pain away from our kids. We've removed the struggle. And I don't say this with jest, but I think when you look at things like uh, everybody gets a trophy for participation and nobody learns the sting of failure. Nobody learns the sting of rejection. So what happens is a good amount of the 7 million men, not all of them, are in this conversation that Mike had with this economist, are looking at screens, 
based on the data. They say how much time they spend on screens. They two, get dopamine 2000, hits. 2,000 hours a year. 2,000 hours a year. 7 million men, 25 to 54, are spending 2,000 hours a year on screens. So self-medicating because they're scared to leave the cave using your old analogy. Not cave. It's mother's basement. Right. But the idea is they're afraid to put themselves out there. And yeah. here's what we know about work. So when someone succeeds in work, their self-esteem goes up. Two, they have financial independence or the opportunity for financial freedom. And then three, they're a part of something bigger than themselves. It's a sense of belonging. Dr. John Deloney would tell you your mental health goes up because your well, dignity, your autonomy, that's it. your ability to control your environment goes up. There is such a uh, mental illness tie-in no question, caused by not working. That's right. Uh, literally. So this idea that you have not put gravel in the stomach of your kids, they have no grit, means as a parent, you suck. And so you mommies need to throw your 25-year-old out of his out of your basement yep. yesterday and uh, put him on the street and teach him to work. You're late to the party, but you need to do this. You are doing him a disservice. You are doing America a disservice. You are doing your neighbors a disservice. You're doing the mental health community a disservice. You're risking his increased uh, likelihood of depression, anxiety, and suicide. That's exactly right. You are you are doing all of these things because you're letting Junior play Call of Duty 2,000 hours a year in your basement, and he ain't ever been called to any duty. Yeah. And the irony is, is you're doing all of that under the guise of helping your kid feel good about themselves. And the very thing that they need to feel good about themselves is to go out and do good. Yeah. It's the wussification of America. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a bunch of wussies yeah. is what it amounts to. And, you know, seriously, a good cowboy boot in the butt of this whole thing would be helpful. It really, really would. It just pisses me off. I mean, this is just a thing where you just need to work. Oh, my God. Seven million, and they call, they call them men in this article. I'll call them males, all right? Males, 25, 50, 25 to 40, seven million of them literally sitting on their butts, and someone else is caring for them. The yep. government, uh, their mommy, their live-in girlfriend who thinks he's cute. Um Here's the breakdown. Got a sugar mama, do you, buddy? Yeah. Here's uh, a uh, here's some of the census data today from a Bloomberg article. The equivalent of 32 million people who aren't working are relying on savings. That includes retirement. Okay, uh, another 26 million are using credit cards or loans, and 12 million have been I borrowing knew it. The from families. The credit card families. is the devil. It's at the center of the problem. There it is. Back <laughs> to, and then here's the but here's the part we've been talking about. 12 million have said that they're borrowing from family or friends to help keep them out of the workforce. Yeah. So They're living off family of and friends. You're not. Them off. You're enablers. Yep. You're giving a drunk a drink. That's you're it. giving a lazy person the ability to still be lazy. You're giving someone who's in avoidance mode because they're afraid, they're mm -hmm. scared, they're paralyzed by the facing reality and stepping into the real world when the best thing that can happen to you, the most alive you'll ever feel, is when you risk it and you step up to the plate and the ball comes whizzing across and scares the piss out of you while you swing the bat. <laughs> this is the best thing that can happen to you. That's right. And you strike out. Right. And it's okay. Right. Right. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Oh, darn. Well, I think the, the simplest way to look at what Dave is saying is, remember all of us when we rode a bike the first time? We were terrified. Horrified, maybe. I'm terrified right now. Yeah. But what <laughs> happened? 
<laughs> like we took that fear, we stepped into it, we learned to ride the bike, and it wasn't much longer before we were saying, look, mom, no hands. We go from terrified to get on the bike to look, mom, no hands. And that's the human spirit, the idea of uh, these kids, these men, I shouldn't say kids, but some of them are emotionally kids. Yeah. They need to feel alive, and the way you feel alive is by making a contribution for yourself and for Listen, others. You, that's you simple. You don't feel alive where there's no risk. Well, that's exactly right. And coddling, the coddling of the American male, the wussification of this culture, it is really starting to be a social problem. And now it, is, it started out as a parenting problem. It started yeah. out as this. And, and hey, man, I don't know. Do we? No. I, I'm just going to blame you moms and dads. Well, I would say the friends and the parents are absolutely yeah. culpable. I, and I would you, say this. I, you know, I can blame Call of Duty if you want, but moms and dads that are good moms and dads rip that crap out of the wall and say, get yeah. your butt out and mow the grass. Here's one other one. We the people, taxpayers. we got to Quit giving these morons That's money a, to sit on their butts. No more government entitlements. That's good where we the people God. can do something. It's just not good for the moron. It's not good for the government, and it's not good for us. I like when it makes a, a policy be, it's a recommendation. It's a to morons day, okay? <laughs> really. Oh, my gosh. Dave's like the soundtrack to all my policies. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Mike is in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Ken Coleman is my co-host today, Ramsey Personality. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, so my wife and I are on baby steps four through six. We got through the first three over the last 22 months. Good. Um, thanks. Um, so my question is a little bit of a, a FOMO question. Um, we have $40,000 left on our house, but with the market on such a, a, a stark downturn, I'm wondering if I shouldn't take that 15% that I should be putting towards the house and possibly invest that in, um, you know, mutual funds or an S and P 500 index fund or something like that. Nope. It's kind. It's kind of like the blue market special that you, or the blue light special you've been talking about. Yeah, I'm not trying to time the market in that regard. I'm just trying to get people to not pull money out of the market. Sure. But no, you need sure. pay, you need to pay off your house, dude. Okay. Easy enough. Yeah, I'm. I'm. The, the market will always be there. It'll always be up, and it'll always be down. You got plenty of time. Sure. You got plenty of time. Right sure. now, we want to finish this up and have no house payments. Because I got to tell you, right. when and you when you. you, you, you what you don't anticipate is when you pay that very last bill and you don't have a single debt in the world, your house is paid for. You're you're in a, you're physically gonna feel this when you push that button. Sure. And that's way different than just taking advantage of a down market. And it just it's such it just oh, there's this thing that happens. Sets you free, doesn't it, Ken? It does. And again, this is the long game that we're talking about, right? Like if you just think about that feeling multiplied by decades 
the financial freedom, the emotional freedom, all of that plays out, and it's just a priority issue. I don't think you can argue that at all. Don't get distracted. Again, this is a distraction. And I appreciate the question, you know, to say, hey, I want to take advantage because he's going the markets down. This is a good time to, 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 to jump in, and that's why we tell you to stay, not put it in, but stay. Don't pull the money out. But, yeah, yeah you, you can't argue the long game. Yeah, uh, you know, stick the these systems that we've put in place work are and are case studied out and modeled out for thirty years. Ten million people have done them uh, for uptimes and downtimes, for inflationary cycles, for recessionary cycles, all these different things. Gas prices are five dollars or two dollars. It, it it's the only systems that work in all times, and um and yeah, inflation's scary. And yeah, the market being down is scary. And yeah, the market being down is tempting to put money in. I get all of that. But just stay the course. Just stay the course. Just stay the course. Just slow and steady wins the race. Tortoise beats the hare every time. Lydia is in Atlanta. Hi, Lydia. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So this is more of an ethical question. Um, so my husband, I'm calling on behalf of my husband, he is committed to working at a particular company for five years. He's in year four of it. Um, he meanwhile has created a business that has taken off and is providing everything that we need, but he's been working that business after he works his full-time job, which takes a lot of time and commitment and lots of time away from his family. He would like to quit his full-time job a year early. So that's where that. Who commits to a five-year deal? I know. That's weird. And this is all verbal. There was no contract. It was kind of off the cuff. He was being rehired at this place because he quit for a year and a half pursuing something else. And he came back and he wanted a five-year commitment if he was going to rehire him. So at that point, he didn't have... What, what is he making at, What's he making at his side gig profit? Um, he is making just as much as his, at his full-time job, which I don't, I don't want to say online because we have lots of people who listen who know us. So, right. so um, well, nobody he's, knows who He's making are. just as much, though. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, um, the, the, the question I have here is beyond the verbal hey if i rehire you i want you to commit for five years was there anything else tied to the conversation obviously there's no contract so there's no legal issue here this is just how do you want to leave because he wants to leave and you want him to leave well to the extent that you can so what else was committed to beyond just hey will you come back and and give me five years was that basically the 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 in and out of it i i think it was We'll hire you back at what you what you were making when you quit. Has he done very well over the last four years for this company? Yes. And how's his relationship with his current leader or the the ultimate boss? It's good. It's very good. He's he's worked there. He had worked there for a really long time, with the exception of that year and a half break. So he's worked there for a long time. Yeah. We highly respect a lot of people that work there, and that's the, the biggest thing he's afraid of is losing a lot of that respect. Well, I think this is man-to-man conversation. Exactly. You go in, you sit down, you tell the truth. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I gave you my word. I gave you my word that I would be here five years. And I'm going to ask you to release me from that obligation. Mm -hmm. 
because I I am ready. I'm ready to go. Huh? This happened. He did have this conversation. Oh, and what they say? And and he it was brought up, but you committed. You you gave me your word. You would be here for five years. What's he? What? What? But there's something beyond the word. I get it. But what is his position? What is that leader worried about if he leaves? What? What specifically is the Probably holdup? Probably because it's a hard position to replace someone in, and it would take some time and training to get someone to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just—he is so stressed out about it, and. Well, there's no reason I mean, to be stressed he, out about it. You make a decision, and the stress is over. And the decision <laughs> right. is you're going to stay, or the decision is you're going to go. It's over. Yeah. Um, either one, either way. I mean, just make a decision. That's the stress is coming from the ambivalence, the right. in, the indecisiveness. And he indecis- doesn't he doesn't want to be unliked. He doesn't want people to bash him. But I don't know how much of that you can control. Um, you did right. he did give his word, right? Your husband. I, I right. think I think and he stays for a year. He keeps I think he stays. To. I think he okay. finishes. Well, you got to honor your word, is what I'm saying. But I got to, yeah. I got to, I got to work around potentially. I think your husband's number one priority is to find his own replacement and commit to the training. And the quicker he can find his replacement, now this is if the leader commi- agrees to this. So if I go help you find the right person to replace me, and I help with the training, and we get that person there, then I'd like to leave earlier if we get it there. I think that's the only way to short, uh, to shorten the twelve months. And I would try okay. that. If it were me, I would be trying to advance my leaving, but doing it in an honorable way that fulfills the need yeah. that I am creating. But if you want to hold me to okay. it, I'm going to go ahead and give you my notice now that on that day, I'm gone. That's fair. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of how it, where it's at right now. Um, how would you handle him? So he's asked for less responsibility, but he's been given the opposite. They've just piled stuff on him and made his job more stressful. No, I, I'm not going to. I refuse to accept the extra yeah. responsibility. I didn't promise you that. That's okay. a separate conversation. I promise you I would be here. Yeah. That's just and a boundary his, issue. The compensation during this five years has not increased by much. It doesn't matter. So it, yeah. It okay. doesn't matter. He's going to be there a year because he promised he would be. Okay. And it's bothering him and it's bothering mm-hmm. them. And there's a little more depth to all of this than I'm getting in this call that I can't see behind the curtain. I can feel it's there, but I don't know what else is going on here exactly. Um, but it's anyway. the personal aspect of it. It's, yeah. Yeah. I think there's some personal relationships here. I think there's some personal relationships that are weaving into this as well. And so anyway, um, no, I'm not taking any more responsibility. I'm going to fulfill my word. I'm not going to run your whole business for you. That wasn't what I told you I would do. I told you I wouldn't quit for five years, and I'm not going to quit. I'm going to give you my notice now. At the five-year mark, I'll be my last day. I'm done. Um, In the meantime, I'm going to do the exact job description that you told me to do, and I'm not going to work more hours, and I'm not going to take on more responsibility for the same money. Um, If you want to do that, you need to hire somebody else. And, uh, you know, that's fair. You're keeping... You know, you're keeping your word and playing through. Um, and I, I think you need I think he wants to do that and you just don't want him to. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from the Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts. 